Hey everybody, Turner here, host and dungeon master of the Gimme the Loot podcast. This week we're sharing the audio from our streaming episode about alignments, where we got the cast together to talk about, well, alignments. And there were just a couple of things I wanted to hit on before you got into the actual episode. Number one, we are changing our streaming schedule. We're moving from Wednesdays to Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. Central. Be sure to follow us on our socials at GMDLCast. All the links down in the show notes below there for reminders and links to the actual streams as they happen. Secondly, we are changing up our streaming content. The main campaign content will continue in the podcast, but over on the stream, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So first week of the month will be a DMs planning, and we want to start doing some deeper dives with those and doing them once a month where we've got time for the newer members to do a little bit of research and reading. We'll facilitate that. Two weeks out of the month will be character creation shows either based off of taking a property or a theme and then creating a group of characters around it. The other character creation show will focus on taking a class or subclass combo and then building characters either focused from a story perspective or a statistical optimization perspective. And then finally, we've got an interview show where we sit down and talk to people either from the TTRPG community or who are doing other projects but were influenced by their time playing TTRPGs. And then in those magical, spooky months that give us a fifth week, that will be kind of a grab bag and either be a one-shot or something fun. And finally, these off-week content drops are going to be from our streaming shows, which means they are recordings of live content. They are less heavily edited. There might be a slight audio quality difference. There's definitely going to be some visual references from time to time. I know in this episode, we specifically talk about an alignment chart. If you want to see what the heck we're talking about, make sure that you, again, hit us up on social so you can catch the episodes as they come out. Our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast always have access to the videos after they've been published because we get those up in their feed. And hey, not a bad idea to go over there and check out what else those guys are getting because there's some pretty cool stuff over there. Cool. All right. That'll do it. As always, appreciate you joining us. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Welcome to episode two of DM Splaining. Almost 3,000 years ago, Zoroaster simplified the pantheon of early Iranian gods, creating a dualistic philosophy composed of two opposing forces Ahura Mazda for illuminating wisdom and Angra Menu for destructive spirit. In ancient Egypt, there were the concepts of Ma'at, the principle of justice, order, and cohesion which were seen as beneficial to society, and Isfet, the principles of chaos, order, and decay, which undermine society. Thousands of years later, a Wisconsin man would layer those two dualistic philosophies to create a dual-axis alignment system which would serve dungeon masters for decades as a way to explain exactly why your paladin wouldn't stab that annoying shopkeeper. Quit trying on rolling, quit, try, quit insisting on rolling initiative, Chris. You're being a dick. Uh, but what do these alignments actually mean and what do they mean for the party of five? It's time for some DM splaining. Uh, joining me this week are Moyle Mossberg of the Dragonborn clan. 
<laughs> this is Jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme the Loop podcast. And I am Anthony. I play Baba on Gimme the Loop. Cool. All right. So uh, we're going to kind of do a similar, a uh, little bit of a round robin. Um, it's going to be a little different. Uh, this episode, guys, we're going to, I think, run through the definitions. Now, we are going to focus on what uh, those alignments mean in fifth edition. Uh, then if we get the opportunity, we'll kind of go back and we'll touch on how they've evolved over time. Uh, but we're going to talk about the the individual alignment, uh, what your interpretation of that means as it means uh, whether or not it impacts your character directly in the podcast, if you've played characters like that before, and we'll kind of go around the horn in the same order as we always do. Obviously, Moyle uh, or Andrew, God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, all right, Moyle. Uh, hasn't played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons, so you may not have as many personal examples as Jazz or Fate might, but we still want to hear what your interpretation of that is. So uh, we're going to start off right away with uh, what is an alignment. Um, alignment is a uh, rule that's been in Dungeons and Dragons from the very first edition, largely in the same format as it appears in fifth edition. Of course, excluding the fourth edition where they did all kinds of wacky different shit but it's been there since first edition it's changed some over the years and actually it's become i think a little bit less uh, of a core of the game in fifth edition than it has been in previously and really if you look at the definitions of alignments across the previous editions you can see that just by how reductive the definitions are in fifth edition but that's cool um, it still plays a part for creating a general philosophy for your character uh, and that might guide your character's actions. So let's start off uh, at the very top with lawful good. Um, lawful good creatures uh, in fifth edition can be, it's defined as creatures that can be counted on to do the right thing as expected by society. Moyle, what's, uh, what does lawful good mean to you? Uh, I would say a goody two-shoes uh, would be a lawful good. Uh, I think I think your example of Superman, especially early on, is really good for that. Um, I always thought that, you know, at first you might think uh, Batman would be, I guess, I guess not because he's a little he's a little more rough, but he does have a lot of rules that he plays by. Yeah. So I guess it gets a little squirrely when you try to compare the two i think i think the key thing and and jazz anthony correct me if i'm wrong here with with that distinguishes lawful good especially especially in fifth edition and it get, gets um it definitely gets more complicated as you go back into previous editions but the, is the phrase as expected by society um and i think i think that's what creates some some interesting nuance to it um uh, jazz what is uh what does lawful good mean to you so lawful good has always been like this weird. I always find that lawful good always people find end up arguing over the lawful part. Mm-hmm. Um, like characters that come to mind to me whenever I think of like lawful good are people like Optimus Prime. Yeah, yes, he has to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Um, but people will a lot of the times get shaken up on lawful being whether it's you know society's law or whether it's that character's law. Whereas I'm like, as long as there is a law that they're following, then and they're being good, right? They are lawful good. Um, so um, I'm trying to think. Like another example would be, of course, we, we that's when uh 
Andrew tried to bring up Batman. I I do think that Batman could be counted as a lawful good because he he's might he's not following you know society's law, but he is following his own laws and his own rules and aiming to do good as best he can. But you know, people argue with me about that. It's because it's because you're wrong, Anthony. What is what is what does lawful good mean to you? <laughs> so I think to I, I think the reason that the lawful good kind of has to be lawful good. I don't feel has the room in it to make up its own law. Yeah. Right. At that point, you're lawful. I feel like you're digging into lawful neutral. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. The lawful good is his law is defined by the goodness of the land. Like there is something outside of himself that defines the law of goodness and he abides by that. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's where, so yes, he's the goody two shoes. You're right. He's, yeah. he's, he's all of that Superman. And I think, I think oftentimes they end up being very boring characters. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so in doing the prep for the show, there's a couple of, there are two Superman is obviously, I think a good example of, of one, but the two that really struck me as even better examples in Superman was the Jedi. I think the like old Republic Jedi, which, um, is illustrative of lawful goods tendency to be bound by law to detrimental effect. I mean, arguably by its simplest definition, because again, the the definitions in fifth edition are very, very, very broad. And we'll get into whether or not alignments are a little, I mean, part of what we'll be talking about at the very end of this, after we go through the individual alignments is whether or not they're obsolete in fifth edition, because I think there are more role play elements and with the, the, the overall focus on other elements of character development in fifth edition, alignments don't play anywhere near as heavy a rule. Um, and to that effect, if you go back to earlier editions, um, you couldn't play a paladin unless you played a lawful good character. Druids could only be true neutral. Um, going back to first edition, I think specific, um, specific races had to be tied to specific alignments. So there's a lot less flexibility in how it was applied. Um, another, another, uh, a good example of like I thought was Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec is another one that I thought would, was a good example. I would disagree with that one. I would think that Leslie Nope would be more like a chaotic good because she does skirt the law, even though she is part of the government, she does skirt the law. They're minor because she's just doing park stuff. But it's still like she does try and go around as much as he can. But I, I, yeah, but I, I would argue that she's changed within the system. Like a, a lawful good person who doesn't agree with the system is going to try and build, use the, the artifacts of the system to change the system itself. Um, but uh, the, the by society, I think, is the big piece of it. Can I, can I push back on Jedis? Yeah, go ahead. I, I think definitely everyone wants and has Jedi's probably in lawful good, but I think by definition of their own code, they should be lawful neutral mm. and leaning to like they're they're leaning towards balance, right? Like that's their whole thing is the yeah, balance, but, right? But and they, but I think they end up being good in tipping the balance themselves. But and and I'm hewing into Rebels Star Wars here. The Jedi, as we know them through the films, are not dedicated to balance. They are solely focused on the light side of the force, solely focused on the good aspect. And if again, so the alignment system has its roots in um, it's it's a dual axis system. And what that means is you've got lawful, neutral and uh, lawful, neutral and chaos and good, neutral and evil. And, and those two axes combine to to form the lawful good on on down the road. 
Um, and that was very much inspired by the by Michael um, Michael Moorcock's Elric writing. Like Gygax admits, hey, yeah, I looked at Elric of Melnabone, where and and you'll see elements of this in DC Comics and certainly other literature as well, where there there are the Lords of Chaos and the Lords of Order. Doctor Fate is an agent of the Lords of Order in DC Comics. Um, you know the um, the uh, uh, the and Elric is in a uh, agent or probably Stormbringer is an agent of the Lords of Chaos. Um, Zell, Zell, and I'm, I'm going to say a shitload of names wrong, all right? In, in this podcast, in these streams forever, I grew up in Florida and Texas. I'm going to say shit wrong. Please, please point it out. Correct it. And, and phonetically put the correct spelling in the comments. We'll get to them eventually. Um, the uh, Zelesny's Amber series is also kind of vo uh, very focused on that physical manifestation of it. And, and when you look at the older definitions of alignments, especially going back to first edition, like uh, the, spreading chaos or spreading evil are the stated goals of certain alignments, which is really kind of bizarre in in later contexts. Um, as a as a it has less of a physical presence, I think. So, um, but you brought up lawful neutral, so let's go ahead and talk about lawful neutral in fifth edition uh, specifically. Uh, individuals that act in accordance with law, tradition, or personal codes. Uh, Moyle, what does lawful neutral mean to you? Hmm. Lawful neutral. That's tough kind of compared to um, lawful good because they seem really close. I guess where the lawful good, I think I would recognize more of a two-dimensional character or one-dimensional mm -hmm. character like um, Superman. He's not really flawed. They had to kind of, they had to figure out a way to kill him and then resurrect the comic. But um, lawful neutral. See, I think that's Leslie. No, I don't. Maybe. Charlie, we're just glad you're watching and thank you for commenting. We appreciate it. Charlie is uh, somebody I know from back in the day. And probably one of the few people who's read way more fantasy than even me. So to his credit, uh, yes, Lord of Light is excellent. Um, and I actually wish he'd done more uh, in that in that kind of genre. Um, yeah, he's actually we're streaming to Facebook, uh, Twitch and YouTube this time. Yeah, we're yeah, we're multi streaming if uh, because you would have asked me how to share the links for that. And I don't fucking know. I don't know. I haven't figured that piece out yet. I know our Twitch link. Twitch, so I can yeah. get into the chats. And I was like, he's not popping up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Charlie, uh, I've, I realized uh, we actually can multi stream through the current service we were using. I just didn't hit all the buttons last time. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to hit all the buttons to try it this time. And then I'll figure out how to share it next time. Um, so yeah, it's it's if it's a work, you know, it's it's a it's a learning process. We are uh, we're we're an evolving issue. Jazz, say, uh, second verse, same as the first, same questions. Lawful neutral, what's it mean to you? Uh, lawful neutral. So somebody who will follow the laws, whether the results of following those laws turn out to be, I would I wouldn't say to their liking or not, but you know, um, whether they are morally good or bad. Like you know, if there's an evil king and that evil king has a set of laws, a lawful neutral person will still follow those laws, whether they you know might cause somebody else a great amount of discomfort. They might feel differently about those laws if they're affecting that person in particular, but that's why they're neutral. <clears throat> Anthony. So lawful neutral to me, I think the biggest. Um, 
the easiest way for me to kind of describe this is is lawful neutral characters end up being loyal to something Mm -hmm. Uh, regardless of what um, that loyalty which direction that loyalty brings them in that's kind of not relevant to them they are loyal to either um, some code Uh, often I think lawful neutral characters end up being loyal to a person Mm -hmm. Uh, like you know I protect this uh, you know I protect this person right that's what I do right (laughs) Um, so you could probably find uh, bodyguards or or somebody who's lifelong bodyguards in that kind of um, thing like I don't who I'm protecting is irrelevant (laughs) you know it's 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 interesting, man. And again, this kind of goes back to what they've done in fifth edition. Individuals act in accordance with laws, tradition, or personal codes is very, very, very broad. And I think that's what creates some of the gray area, especially with the neutral alignments. I think the second edition definition of this nails it, right? Which is order and organization are of paramount importance to characters of this alignment. They believe in a strong, well-ordered government, whether that government is tyrannical or benevolent. The benefits of organization and regimentation outweigh any moral questions raised by their actions. An inquisitor determined to ferret out traitors at any cost or a soldier who never questions his orders are good examples of lawful neutral behavior. Um, very much that, that law, tradition, or personal code directs them. Whether or not that code is beneficial or detrimental as a whole isn't questioned. It's the structure that they value. Um, which is a little bit different than lawful evil. Yeah, the only thing I, I would kind of add on or I guess disagree with the second edition one is that I think a lawful, it doesn't, that definition uh, doesn't leave room for the lawful neutral person to have made up their own law. The law of just whatever they decide their law is or yeah. how they, yeah, because all of those definitions, the law is outside of them. Right. Um, and I think a lawful characters can kind of have their own law, right? Like, Yeah. Well, it, it explicitly, yeah, yeah. It, exp- it sp- explicitly brings up personal codes. And if you look, for examples, like, uh, you know, Black Widow, Hawkeye, like a lot of those, those not quite mercenary, but altruistic uh, people who used to be mercenaries and are now uh, operating in a more altruistic fashion, typically will pop up on your alignment charge for that. Um, and yes, both Jazz and Moyle made alignment charts that we will debut uh, throughout this episode. One I, one I put in that category that um, I don't think a lot of people do is actually, um, uh, they usually, he usually ends up in chaotic good, but like Mal from uh, from Firefly, I actually put him in a lawful neutral category. Really? Yeah, see, I'm a, I'm a straight up chaotic good. On a, on yeah, a yeah, because the reason I do is because he's... He, he's willing to do things that we would consider morally wrong, even if it goes according to the code, like that soldierly code mm-hmm. still exists in him, regardless right. of what's going on. If you turn on the captain, I'm shooting all of you. Right. <laughs> like point blank. I don't care. I'll kill all my friends if y'all turn on me. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, it's he, he will go into that area if it's for the code, the code no, that's true. I can. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's I, more paramount to him to me yeah. than good or bad. No, I see what you're saying there. Now, I, I do. I actually do see what you're saying. There. The code is is, you know, another one that popped up in a lot of this that didn't make sense to me. But it does in that context is Judge Dredd, because, I, you know, Judge Dredd is such a destructive force in any of the representations that you ever see him in, in comics and in movies. It's like, God, I just, you know, because there's. 
And and part of this is is the way that, especially if you uh, absorbed a lot of um, uh, f- you know fictional um, uh, fantasy literature that's aimed at kids when you were younger or even now, is the the kind of the lawful, the shining knights are always portrayed as the good characters. It's a it's a very very limited view. So there's this inherent mental association for me because I'm prejudiced by what I read growing up and even earlier editions of D and D that the lawful characters are the good guys and the chaotic characters are the bad guys. And in fact, when we were kids playing D&D, you always played, you know, the good guys were always lawful good and the bad guys were uh, always chaotic evil. And that obviously develops over time and and you play, you know, you you, uh, huge different alignments um, as you get a little bit older. Uh, As a teaser, Jazz has a, on his chart, a, perfect lawful neutral it act like chef's kiff's perfect but i'm not gonna spoil it i'm gonna let him reveal it is that was the best <laughs> charlie in answer to your question as far as anti-hero i think i think exactly what anthony is saying is you can do actually anti-hero is lawful neutral or chaotic good lawful neutral is an anti-hero where the code is the only thing that matters no matter what the consequences arguably the punisher you could say is a is a guy who believes that this is the specific code of right or wrong, and no matter what, I'm going to uh, uh, enforce it. Um, although he certainly has chaotic elements. Where on the flip side, you have um, you have your Han Solos that are just going to do whatever the fuck they want as long as they feel that it's the right decision that they believe that that that's right. Um, lawful evil uh, in the fifth edition is creatures that methodically take what they want within the limits of a code tradition, loyalty, or order. Moyle, what's lawful evil mean to you? Uh, it's funny that you brought up the Punisher because I put him under lawful evil. Okay. Um, and I, want, I would also include um, the Gang of Drukes from Clockwork Orange um, because they do follow the law, um, although it's the one that they create. I also have a Clockwork Orange reference later on, but an individual character and it's certainly a different one. I push back on the, the Punisher as lawful evil because he it's not for personal gain. Uh, you know, my associate revenge sounds like personal gain, but uh, but yeah, but that's, but he's not he's not doing it to enrich himself. He believes he's in doing it to protect. Now, he's a he's all right. Let's be perfectly clear. It's just from the. The Punisher's a fucking psycho serial killer. That's a character that's gotten way, 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 way too romanticized in fiction. He was a spy. He is a Spider-Man villain from back in the late '80s, early '90s that got turned into a fucking antihero, whatever. Um, so, but in his psychosis, he believes he's trying to make the world a better place. A lawful evil person, and I'm, you know, uh, we're not a political show, but our comments are frequently political. I would argue the current Republican Party is the perfect example of a of, of uh, a lawful evil character. Uh, let me read to you from the second edition definition of lawful evil. Uh, these characters believe in using society and its laws to benefit themselves. Check. Uh, structure and organization elevate those who deserve to rule, as well as provide a clearly defined hierarchy between master and servant. To this end, lawful evil characters support laws and societies that protect their own concerns. If someone is hurt or suffers because a law benefits a lawful evil character, too bad. Lawful evil characters obey the laws out of fear of punishment because they may be forced to honor an unfavorable contract or oath they have made. Lawful evil characters are usually very careful about giving their word. Once given, they break their word only if they can find a way to do it legally within the laws of society. Uh, An iron-fisted tyrant or a uh, devious merchant. 
looking at you, Ted Cruz. So um, I, I think another one uh, that I would call Emperor Palpatine is another guy that I would throw in the lawful evil category. Um, and the, the biggest distinction is self-serving for me is whatever using a societal structure to enrich myself at the expense of others capitalism uh is is all is inherently lawful evil to me <coughs> jazz um so you guys have kind of covered everything as far as like where i feel lawful evil lies like i have to agree with pretty much everything you guys have said so far my I guess one of my stronger lawful evil uh, references as far as a character that I had been exposed to was Lex Luthor. Yeah, Lex is a good one. Lex is a good one. Because as many times as Lex pops up, especially Ooh. like I've been watching uh, Young Justice lately. Yeah. He's literally ruling as like a member of the UN. Um, so he has to, all of his flawless execution of all of his, you know, maniacal plans where he feels like he's the one trying to save yeah. the world, but really he's just twisting a bunch of laws to benefit himself. And, you know, I d depending, doing. depending upon the depiction of Luther, he can also go neutral evil. Um, one that I liked that I saw besides the Republican Party, I uh, was nurse, nurse Ratched from One Flew Over to the Cuckoo's Nest. I thought was a particular, and of course, Vader is a classic one that you'll see on a lot of alignment charts. Um, but, you know, I mean, and again, we're talking about philosophical concepts uh, in a game uh, that have been reduced to a single line statement in the current edition. So obviously there's a lot of room for interpretation. And, and that's, again, kind of skipping ahead to some of my, my issues with alignment as a, as a rule or as a purpose as a whole, but we'll, we'll come to that later. So Anthony, lawful evil, what does it mean to you? So lawful evil to me is like, I'm evil. I'm fine with doing evil things, but I have constraints. I have rules in which my evil is funneled, right? Like, um, I think the easiest one for me always to understand just when I'm explaining it to people is say, I'm a rogue. I steal stuff. I kill people. I'm fine with all that. But women and children, I'm out. I'm going to say, yeah. but I don't kill women and children. Like, so that one's so always Tony Montana would be... Uh, lawful evil. Oh, Scarface is a great lawful evil example. Yeah, a, a guy that you manipulates an existing system first to get the money, then to get the power, then to get the woman. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, another one that came up that I thought was really good, I hadn't thought of when I just kind of was searching, was uh, predators. Predators are lawful evil. Yeah, yeah, I would argue that. I don't know about that. Explain. I, I need. I need. Def, I need explanation on that. Um, I mean, their whole purpose is to uh, kind of hunt and kill people. And but they operate within a set of rules. Yeah. Right. If you, if you get the best of me, I, uh, I commit suicide. It's, <laughs> like, it's, not, the, it's not to hunt and kill people, though. It's to hunt and kill the greatest game. If you notice in Predator 2. Mm, but but it's 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 a disregard for other. It's it's an organized societal structure that inherently has a disregard for the for others life. And, and the impact of others' lives. So whether it's game or people, they don't give a shit who they're hurting as long as it fits within their rules, is the argument. I don't know. They don't torture. It's a pretty quick kill. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a war. It's a, war it's, it's a warrior. Yeah. Um, it's a warrior clan. I just, I guess I need to go back and rewatch Predator because I never gave them that much credit for having like a structure to what they were doing. But yeah, right. as I said, oh, no, no, that's what I remember of it. Yeah. yeah they, they really, do. A lot of the second, uh, Vin Diesel science fiction movie, what's it called? Um, Chronicles of Riddick. There we go. 
not a good movie, but uh, what? great what? example of lawful evil Wait, in it. It's sorry, not a good no, fucking no, 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 movie. No, no, it's sorry, not. I was I'm thinking sorry. Pitch Black. I like. Yeah, no, Pitch Black is great. Pitch Black is fantastic. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, straight dookie. Sorry, Groot. Um, but the uh, but if you want a perfect example of a lawful evil society, the Necronomic Tancer dancer guys in that are are the perfect example. Um, all right, cool. Moving on. Uh, uh, neutral good. Folks do the best they can to help others according to their needs. Moyle? Um, well, I feel like I should have prepared more for this, or it would have been easier if I was somewhere else in the... You, want, you, don't, want to, you don't want to go first? I, I don't, because I don't know anything about this. Okay. I'm totally with No, no. No, no, dude, that's okay. Look, I, I, well, look I mean, first of all, I'm already, I'm already like bottom rung on this. No, all right. First of all, like, back, back that shit up right now. For uh, one of the reasons why we do this show and we've always done the show is to talk about topics from a beginner, uh, from a beginner perspective. You and um, uh, Harland and Jamie don't have anywhere near as much D&D or role playing experience as the other half of the podcast. And that's one of the things that I really liked about the cast when we put it together was. Harlan had never played. You had played a tiny bit. Jamie a little bit more. Jazz much more. Anthony much more. And then I literally one of the first things I can remember reading is Dragon Magazine. So you've got the entire spectrum. The the DMs play. If this is to help people out there beside you understand exactly because neutral growth is kind of a weird one to be honest. So there are a couple like there. They, you know when you talk about the big big pictures of good versus evil lawful versus chaos. Those are easy concepts to grasp as a whole. But when you get into neutral good versus lawful neutral, obviously there's a lot of interpretation to it. Um, and what that means for the game is a completely, completely separate thing. And well, that's kind of the, the second part of this is after we kind of get through those basic definitions. So don't feel bad at that at all. Like your perception on it as somebody new coming in is incredibly valuable. We may say, hey, look, that's how not how we read it, but that's kind of the point of this. So do you not want to go? Do you not want to go first? You want me to move you to the back of the list? Um, I'll I'll give a shot off of. Um, okay, neutral, neutral good, neutral good. Uh, if you're putting Spider Man, which you know, is that if if it's okay to read off your notes, uh, you can steal all my thunder. It's cool. There's a kind of a milk toast uh, bit to that. He's kind of a wet blanket. Um, so you know. I think in almost even when he's the hero of the story, you're mm -hmm. like, is there anyone better? <laughs> and if that's what neutral good is, then um, I don't know why someone would want to play neutral good. <laughs> that's true. A lot, a lot of the neutral. Uh, yeah, there are. By the way, there are two members of the party of five that are neutral good. Um, one of those, I will say, actually kind of surprised me. Jazz, what do you got? Um. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, neutral good characters are probably the second most boring. No, no, that's not true. But they're they're close on that boring scale. Um, but so neutral good are people who just try to be morally good, and their regard for the chaos or the order being lawful or, or chaotic is. Um, they're they're not so bound up within it but you know generally they understand that to do good you should probably lean a little bit more towards the law but if the law itself is bad then they've got no problem breaking it to do it but it's it's 
it's a very thing hard thing to tiptoe to be truly neutral and good i don't that's always been a weird thing to me um and there's not a lot of good character references i feel that are out there for it um like like you said uh spider-man sure and like andrew said uh he is kind of a wet blanket um but i mean he is he's he's good and that's that's spider-man and that's really all you get from him which is why um i'm trying to think who else might be neutral good reed richards from fantastic four i think that's actually a good example yeah mr fantastic stretchy guy anthony what you got so to me the way i always look at it is like and, and and this always helps me with neutrality neutrality to me is um on the on the lawful side uh, well either side neutrality is like to me is uh, more introspective it's more kind of uh, selfish in the Mm -hmm. sense that it's about self right so like neutral good is my my goodness is not defined by law it's also not anti-law like it's not it's not chaos it's not just spreading good around it's it's the it's, I, I think this is actually the one that most people fall in. This is the normal good. Like yeah. you're not necessarily just caught up in I'm good because the law is good and therefore I follow the law and that's the goodness. Nor are you you just going against the law and doing all kinds of goodness in your own way. But you just you're just normal. Like <laughs> you kind of have your passions, your things that you do, and yeah. they are on the good side of of, of things. Um, and I think that's why, uh, like you can, like Baba is kind of on this list. Like Baba has his own things he does that are his tribal things, and you know he's he's more caught up in his uh, his rituals and things that he does in his tribe, and he leans on the side of good. He's not going to go around murdering people, um, and he's he's willing to help people as well. But it's yeah. it's he's more like I said, it's more selfishness. It's I, and, I, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no. I, th- I think the trick with neutral alignments is uh, other than true neutral, which is a whole other separate thing we'll talk about in just a second, is you look at where it's positioned in the overall axis. Like if you look at lawful neutral, it, with the, the implication there is the order is the most important thing, whether good or e- I'm indifferent to the primacy of good or evil in my philosophy. Order is what matters, whether that order causes harm or benefits or causes benefits as long as i have that structure it 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 satisfies my core values neutral good it now inverts that where hey providing helping others according to their needs is the most important thing whether that means i can go down and i can you know volunteer my time at the city or if that means that i go out and, you know, maybe I double park to, to hand somebody a, a sandwich, you know, like it, it's a matter of not necessarily being comfortable with breaking the rules to do good, but not necessarily feeling obligated to follow the rules to do good. Ultimately, what matters is, is impact. And that's why. And to me, like Spider-Man, because Spider-Man is a little bit of a schlub in the respect that he's doing the best he can within that context. Generally. He is a guy who's going to operate within the the bounds of of those strictures, but he's not afraid to occasionally break out of them. And, and we're talking eighties, nineties Spider Man. I haven't run read Spider Man the last twenty years, and and movie Spider Man. So, sorry, uh, Princess Leia is another person that you see can uh, pop up as an example for uh, for neutral good. I like uh, I like Geralt. Uh, Geralt's a little bit more mercenary. Um, but I think he's he's in the he's in the the tar- I, like Geralt when you first meet him, 
I, I think Geralt matures into neutral good, uh, uh, Eldrin. Uh, Schist Kicker, yeah, I think Andre the Giant is a, is a good neutral good example. I think that's actually a, an excellent one. Um, the uh, Doctor Fezzik, yeah. Uh, Doctor Who is one that I put down for neutral good. I think Doctor Who is one. Um, uh, certain doctors, I would say definitely the Tenant Doctor and um, not Capaldi's Doctor, but what's the, uh, the dude that came after Tenant? I always forget their real name. Uh, yeah, not the guy after Tenet is, is for forever what he will be. Doctor Who, the one, the one who thinks fezzes are cool. Fezzes are cool. Yeah, they, and he does a pretty good giraffe dance. Um, all right, that's that's going to bring us to true neutral Moyle. Are you there? Nope, you're not there. We will circle back around to Moyle. Uh, Jazz, give me your take on true neutral. So true neutral is the most impossible class for any regular <laughs> human being to play. Um, I will argue against that in a minute because there's, I, I think, I, I don't know the same believe that, but. Well, because like Anthony said, neutral does require a lot of introspection and then understanding your own personal motivation, which. I'm going to back you up because I skipped over the fifth, fifth edition definition. Uh, it's the alignment of those who prefer to steer clear of moral questions, don't take sides and do what they, what seems best at the time. Hmm. Oh, Andrew's back. Can I throw one out? Yeah, you're. Yeah. Oh, you're back. All right. Yeah, he's back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Schindler from Schindler's List. Oscar Schindler. Because he. Uh, this is the embarrassing moment when I admit I've never seen Schindler's List all the way through. Well, I have, however, seen the Seinfeld episode about making out in Schindler's List multiple times, so that counts. I don't think I've seen that one. I do like Liam Neeson and Curb where he, oh no, it wasn't Curb. It was uh, Life's Too Short, I think. No. Okay. Way off track. All right. Neutral. What does neutral mean to Moyle? So, uh, so I was thinking how he was advantageous where he would just get the, the labor where he could and he greased palms where he needed to and he kept, he facilitated himself to stay alive it wasn't until the end that maybe you could say he transitioned to maybe chaotic good because he was skirting the law so much maybe lawful good maybe lawful neutral i think i think the best he probably gets is neutral good in that context i uh from what i'm what i am familiar with of the movie yeah Rita, Rita might be it but uh you know he works the thing is i feel like if you're true neutral right Mm-hmm. You're working within some boundaries beyond physics. <laughs> right, Jazz, what do you got? So actually, my reference was going to be Q from Star Trek. Oh, oh I, I just feel like Q is neutral, but that's just because yeah. he's a no, nobody. Yeah, he's chaotic. Chaotic, K- chaotic. Yeah, he's chaotic neutral. OK, yeah. chaotic, chaotic yeah. neutral, not true neutral. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, I just yeah, felt like he was chaotic. Martian yeah. Martian man, maybe. My Martian Manhunter, I think, skews a little bit more lawful neutral at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, again, my beef with neutral is that for us, like none of us is ever going to find ourselves being truly neutral. You'd have to be like the most Zen person on the planet to be able to like truly understand the motion of somebody who is truly neutral to everything around them. Um, the thing is, is I would want to bring in my chart. But if we're waiting, <laughs> we'll do we'll do the chart. We'll do the charts at the end. Let, let me uh, ask you this. Was Spooky Leo, um, was he neutral? No, Spooky Leo's chaotic as fuck. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah if you're are. on drugs, does that automatically make you? <laughs> uh, Spooky Leo was not on drugs. He uh, had been struck by lightning multiple times in service to the Stormlord and um, had, had gone re- through radical, magical, divine electroshock. Um, Anthony, what's your read on neutral? 
So I, I agree. True neutral is like almost impossible to play for any kind of real length of time. Like they just wouldn't really be adventuring or going out. Dude, right. for a DM to find motivations for them would be so difficult. But uh, my my example I always love to use is uh, the Ents from from Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like they are at, that is a good example. The tree, the trees, and oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they are yeah. they are absolutely true neutral. They don't move or do anything until they were until they literally had to be shown they were being attacked. <laughs> like, right, and they only and move for their own benefit. They move like, it directly was, yeah, to water. Yeah, I know the it, was, water it was pure self defense. It was not a moral decision. It wasn't a law or chaos decision. It was purely just self defense. And the water came because Sauron melted the ice caps. Is that why? <laughs> so. I, I'm going to argue against those points for a couple of now. I am going to give some otherworldly examples of of neutral characters that definitely exist, but do require a little bit of different perspective. And I think there's a couple of different ways that you can play neutrality to make it accessible. Uh, the, the examples I've got is the Watchers from Marvel Comics, which are have you know just don't do anything. Which uh, you who would want to play that? Uh, the country of Switzerland. We know they're neutral. Uh, and then Dr. Manhattan from uh, the comic books, Dr. Manhattan, not movie or TV show, Dr. Manhattan. Um, I think Dr. Manhattan, be, as it's, I mean, there's an interesting hook of playing a character with a nonlinear perspective of time that makes them react to actions in the moment. But I also think there's a couple of different ways that you can play neutral. Now, keep in mind, I'd never play a neutral character. I tend to veer to extremes with characters that I play just because I think it's it's more interesting to kind of dive into that. I think you can play neutral as somebody who is ultimately focused on the balance. Think the Bindu in Star Wars Rebels, somebody who doesn't believe, uh, I mean, there that ha, can has an altruistic nature, but doesn't believe organized dogma or utter chaos are either of them are ultimately beneficial. Um, it's a little bit harder to argue that indifference along the lines of good and evil, just because I'm a human being and being like, yeah, you know, a little evil's okay. Um, but when you look at it from um, reacting to the individual, when you think of it, or reacting to individual instances on a case by case basis, not like not like taking a huge moral stand, like okay, in this particular situation, this is the beneficial course of action. Um, and it, you know, it can be personally motivated. I think, uh, I think the other way that you can play this is if you take it and this kind of hues back to earlier interpretations of druids as the balance of natural forces. And I think a good example, and I hate to keep going back to the second edition, second edition definitions of this, and not just because I played a lot of 2E, but I think they do some, a little bit of better job of articulating some of this stuff. A true neutral druid might join a local baron to put down a tribe of evil gnolls only to drop out when the gnolls were brought to the brink of destruction. Like, hey, we understand that this creature is a threat to this village, but we don't believe in wiping them out of existence because while they are having a negative impact here, they inherently have a right to exist. So I think there are aspects, like, yeah, but I think you, I think you've got to pick a dimension to it. And I think you've got to find an, an angle on it as, you know, are they somebody out there who are actively advocating for balance or is it somebody that just has this weird kind of otherworldly perspective that is, that is out there? Or is it somebody who just is kind of wishy? I think there's also some, some potential fun in playing a character that is just really insecure about their decision-making 
and can flip-flop back and forth. So Swamp Thing's a good example of a, of a neutral character. I, I mean, it's, it's very easy to get into, as soon as you bring in natural order into things, it's very easy to get into a neutral kind of mindset. And that's why druids back in the day always were that, that neutrality. Bizarro? Um, Bizarro is... Because he's out for himself. He's just very, he doesn't really know what he wants a lot of the time. He just has to copy off of what he sees. Yeah, Bizarro is an interesting, um, is an interesting, again, there are so many depictions of Bizarro. Like if you go like Legion of Doom, Super Friends Power Hour Bizarro, then yeah, maybe you could, um, maybe you could, but there there have been times, well, you know what, the, the Superman Animated Adventures, I think Bizarro was was pretty neutral in some instances. All right, neutral evil. Uh, Moyle. Uh, so, I'm sorry, flipping back real quick to neutral good. Other than Babatunde, Eldrin is our other neutral good member in Party of Five. Um, I was a little bit surprised, honestly, that Babatunde was neutral good. At the end. I, he just he, he read a little bit more lawful neutral to me because of the 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 codes associated with his walkabout. Um, that if I when I was when I was trying to guess these in advance, I, I had Baba pegged for for lawful neutral, um, Eldrin yeah neutral neutral good, um, but you know Eldrin and you could also actually make the argument that Eldrin could be a true neutral because he's interested in criticizing everybody equally. That's a good example. That would be another good example of a neutral character. And I'm just saying that because I know Eldrin's watching. Um, but yeah, that because I had I had in my head wrapped up. Um, kind of the traditions that Baba was following so much that, that it, cre- it created kind of a law association with him, but he definitely, he can, he can definitely lean into that. I, I don't think that's, that's far off. I don't think, uh, like, yeah, I don't think that's, that's off at all. He, he was, he was the, there was one other character that kind of surprised me when I, when I reaffirmed their alignment and he's, he's watching, uh, he's participating in the broadcast today. Uh, so, uh, but moving on neutral evil Moyle, you got to take on neutral evil. Uh, it's as the fifth edition defines it it's the alignment of those who do whatever they can get away with without compassion or qualms maybe oliver twist might be uh neutral evil because he's just you know he's stealing from others but it's just enough to get by uh for him and his um his crew and even then you know his crew will take you know more than he gives uh jazz what do you got for neutral evil yeah Uh, so this is just like your i mean i guess if we're going to play to the opposite like this would just be your stereotypical bad person right so i mean almost any any villain or not any but most of your standard villains are going to fall into like this neutral evil where they just they just want to do bad things for their own benefit but they don't go by any set of laws they just move however they feel according um people like um um, oh my god who am i thinking of um jafar from the um aladdin see i would argue jafar is lawful evil how so he's he's all about organized rule i mean yeah he's evil it's clear but he he works to take over the sultancy so he can op rule within the context of this now he uses its power to get there but he you know and ultimately he wishes to have the power so that he can control things even more but there is a structure that he's i mean he manipulates the king through his position as vizier 
to um, to take it, to give himself the opportunity. Excuse me to um, to put himself in that position. I mean, again, there's no, that's the thing, there's no right or wrong answer with with these, but the his the poli- the political piece of um, of his character is what makes me go lawful evil with him. I just felt like those moves were made because he lacked the power to just overthrow. Mm, that's that's it's a that's a good argument. That's a good argument, Anthony. What you got? So again, like I said, with the neutral, I kind of go back towards the selfishness. So this is an evil person whose uh, evil is not tied up in some kind of rule of law or even just it's also not evil just for the sake of it. Right. It's right. it's usually evil with a purpose. These are kind of your 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 um, a lot of times. I think these are your masterminds, your guys who are I have a purpose. I have a thing that I personally want to do. And it is also evil. <laughs> so I, I think that's where those kind of people really end up to me. It's just kind of um, your your masterminds usually really smart and they, they, they have a purpose to take over for some reason and do some kind of evil for some greater purpose of evilness. So, so, yes. so, 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 I think so, so from Scarface to use Scarface again might be neutral evil. Uh, yeah, the, the examples I get, well, Todd the Tiefling is our neutral evil character, uh, in the party. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's, and, and that's, you know, that's, I think out of all, anytime you bring neutral into the equation with an alignment, there's, it broadens the range of the individual piece that it can be played. Neutral evil can be played as super self-centered and selfish. Um, or it can be a, and I've played it this way as just a, a complete sociopath as somebody who doesn't understand the context of law or chaos and it's just that is whatever they're going to do to service that individual need very self-centered very selfish but not just because hey look ha 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 mustache twirly i'm evil but because literally law and chaos have no meaning within my within my worldview um some examples that pop up uh cruella Deville, i think is a good neutral evil example mr burns is a good neutral evil character uh, and then, of course, Voldemort, I think, of of all the ones you see very frequently, I think Voldemort's a pretty good neutral evil example. Uh, chaotic. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just wondering, is he neutral or would he be more chaotic evil? Mm, I'd say neutral. You see, I have a very, I have a hard time content, uh, of conceiving of truly chaotic evil characters outside of, like, the Reavers from... Um, firefly oh firefly yeah like these characters like just a pure destructive force like voldemort believes in a very specific world order it's a and it's a very specific world order that suits him you know what i mean um and and it looks down upon a you know normal people as being non non non-important um but um yeah cat who voldemort is he really wrong Moving on, chaotic good. Um, chaotic good is designed in 5e as creatures that act as their conscience directs with little regard for what others expect. Which, sorry, which one? Chaotic good. Chaotic good. Um, so I think maybe like Andy from Parks and Rec would be chaotic good. I think, yeah, I think that's a good example, actually. Yeah. Jazz, what do you think? Actually. Well, <laughs> fuck you. Then how do I kick you off the podcast? Oh, Jazz. I'm sorry. sorry. So, uh, chaotic good, and I don't know that this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but this is my favorite um, alignment to try and play um, as far as it being an adventure because it allows mm-hmm. you so much 
I will almost say flexibility with your character because you can probably do a lot of the same things from a neutral good standpoint also. Yeah. But I I play a lot of chaotic good characters because um, sometimes getting good things done requires characters to make weird choices and take weird actions um, that are outside of the law or what lawful people would believe to be done. Um, so that that moral compass thing, I, I, I enjoy playing around with that. I don't live that way, but when I play in these high fantasy situations, that's that's the way I like to play them. Um, so people like that, um, I guess I guess Batman's more chaotic good. Um, I would argue Batman is neutral good. Maybe I, you know, I don't, I don't see Batman as chaotic um, or lawful neutral. I think lawful neutral is also a, another take on it. Well, I mean, he's literally breaking the law with his own vigilantism, knowing. Mm, but is he though? Because he he directly works with Commissioner Gordon. Um, that's just because he's got somebody that's with him breaking the law that's not going to arrest him for, but <laughs> yeah. still a law. All right. So. Yeah, one of the things that 3.5 does a good job of is they kind of give a nickname to every one of the linemen's. Um, uh, so for lawful neutral, the nickname they give is uh, is the the judge, right? Uh, for neutral good, they they do the benefactor, uh, and for chaotic good, it's the rebel. Um, and I think like if you're looking at those, I think. The judge very much fits Batman in the order that they're given. The judge definitely fits Batman. The benefactor definitely again, a little bit less, but the, I just don't see Batman as a rebel. You know what I mean? In my head, Han, you, in my, in my head and, and look, this is very much because I grew up in the 80s. 90% of the TV shows weren't police procedurals or medical procedurals. They were private detective shows. And all those dudes solved, you know, cops be damned, they solved problems their own way. So in my, like that, that Magnum PI, Simon and Simon, fall guy, you know, working outside of the law occasionally to do good, um, are, are, are where I go. Mel, I've got, and see, I've got Mel Reynolds as a, as a chaotic good guy. Um, but again, I can also see the lawful neutral, uh, Anthony, I do absolutely see your case for lawful neutral. Um, I just want to take a second to thank Coral for agreeing with me about Batman breaking the law. We can keep moving. <laughs> all right. All right. And Dreken, you're right. Coups are not necessarily uh, are not legal, um, but depending upon who's doing the coup is whether it may it may be orderly. Uh, so uh, but you're yeah, you're you're right in that respect. Coups are, coups are not lawful. Um, I just wanted to say coup, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> Anthony, what you got? So, um, chaotic good is uh, like the classic example I think here is always Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, the the I you know I steal to give to the poor, right? Yeah. Like the you know um, law be damned. I do uh-huh. what's good in my own sight. Um, I think one that I kind of explored with, um, and I know we're not getting to our characters yet, but just kind of a, it opened up something for me on on the chaotic good side was my because um, I think in five E they say that uh, path of vengeance paladins actually end up in this category of chaotic good mm-hmm. because they are willing to do things outside of the law for the greater good in the sense of, you know, um, they're, you know, I'm, I might rough up a bad guy to get to a bigger bad guy, right? Like that, that type of stuff. Squid or neutral. That is correct. I would, I would yeah. <laughs> I think we've cracked it. Good job, Cora. We have cracked neutrality. Um, <laughs> right. That's funny. So here's what surprised me. Yeah. Fate is chaotic good. 
Oh yeah, I kind of teased that, didn't I? You said that surprised you? Yeah, I, you know, I just didn't have fate aligned with a chaos alignment for some reason. If if anything, I you know I wouldn't have put him in neutral. Fate, I would have gone more neutral good maybe. Um, just in pure surface interpretation of coming in completely cold. Fate doesn't make a lot of chaotic decisions, in my opinion. I, I mean, again, I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. Please don't misinterpret this. I, I, but just f- from coming in from the outside interpretation, like fate seems a little bit more buttoned up than I would typically see a chaotic character as. So what made you pick chaotic good for fate? Is, I guess is what I'm asking. So, and that that's fair. Um, Based on where the story's at for the podcast, a lot of the decisions that have been made thus far have been already self-serving. So he just kind of follows. And I was Aldrin. Aldrin cracked it. Yeah, Aldrin cracked it. I was going to get to a lot of his chaotic decisions are more so to do with his free time whenever he finds himself being curious about something. Um, But as far as like plot decisions, a lot of the things that have been put into the story have already been in his favor. So he doesn't have to force any type of chaotic mm-hmm. decision to get where he's trying to go. So he's just kind of been following along. But, um, you know. He, <laughs> so what you're saying is we provide enough chaos yeah. that you right. don't actually have to start any you're, chaos. You're, you're, right. you're able to draft on the party's chaos. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I... Ed, Ed, is it a spoiler? I think wait, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure you guys are still in the tower. So if it's anything that happens after the tower. Yeah, that would be a spoiler. So never. Yeah. So we're like, I'm, I'm halfway through editing that and we will wrap up. It'll be a little bit of a beefier episode that's coming out. But I crown up spent most of uh, April Monday trying to get it back on track after the whole kerfuffle with the computer. So. But just just to say not not a full spoiler, but he definitely just threw a very large chaotic move out there that everybody immediately poo pooed and we kept moving. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the other is, and again, this is again, this is the beauty of the alignment system in 5e. It's a general suggestion. It's more guidelines than rules um, that uh, I, I I don't want to say, hey, I'm uh, to, to say that, hey, I was surprised that Baba was neutral good or that or I'm sorry, yeah, it was neutral good and that fate's chaotic good um, just because s- some of their character traits um, hew away from some of the stereotypical uh, interpretations of the strict letter of those alignments. That's that's not wrong. You know what I mean? That, that, and that's, I think, what is the limitation of alignment? And we'll get, get into that in a bit. Um, chaotic neutral. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, creatures that follow their whims holding their personal freedoms above else. Unsurprisingly, Moyle Mossberg is our party of five member who's chaotic neutral. Big fan of chaotic neutral personally for characterizations, especially for rogues. Uh, Moyle, you want to talk a little bit about chaotic neutral? I actually did not know what I was, and I just took you at your word. I was like, okay, you know, when you said fate was um, chaotic good, I was like, Okay, did he put that in his bio or something in the beginning? Because I was shocked if I actually put in chaotic neutral and I played it out because I forgot what I wrote down as soon as I wrote it down. And my memory is garbage. Andrew and Moyle, chaotic neutral. Yeah. yeah. In many ways, we're the same. You are. Uh, Jazz, chaotic neutral? Um, Chaotic neutral. So people who don't really give a damn about good or evil and just do like, Mm. there's no, there's no point 
to anything other than whatever it is that they felt like doing right at that moment or maybe in the next five minutes. And then everything that comes after or that was before doesn't matter anymore. And everything that might come after, they'll deal with when they get here. That's that's generally how I see chaotic neutral. Anthony? Uh, yeah, I think I think Jazz is quite on the money there. It's um, um, it's whatever the heck I want to do. And it leans towards um, towards chaos in the sense of yeah like what i want like i I think you have some really good examples rocket raccoon was definitely uh, a a really good one for me it's just i you know what i want to do i want to blow shit up and (laughs) (laughs) and the more the more stuff i can blow up and or take a um uh, uh, our prosthetic limbs (laughs) (laughs) yeah any like it's usually just random and it's what I feel like doing yeah. as soon as you said Rocket <laughs> I could hear him and oh I'm gonna get that arm <laughs> <laughs> Rocket Raccoon, Catwoman and Deadpool are the examples I had written down for this but yeah I think I think Rocket's a great a great example of um, of uh, just pure impulse you know, wish fulfillment in lack of impulse control um, look go, go where your whims uh, lead you so uh, chaotic evil uh, creatures act with arbitrary violence spurred by their greed, hatred, or bloodlust. Moyle, um, I really don't think there's one much better than than Joker. I thought of one. Oh, uh, what about Bane, the poison ivy Bane? Because he's he goes on a roid rage and and then starts fucking shit up, as opposed to. I I always get this feeling that there is something to Joker. Like he does yeah. have some code. It's just can change on a whim, but then that's his code for going forward. I somewhat controversially don't like Joker as a chaotic evil example, but I'll get into that on my turn. Uh, Jazz, chaotic evil, what does that mean to you? Um, so people who literally just feed and feast off of strife suffering and do their best to create it whenever possible um that they don't necessarily care who they hurt or how they go about hurting them as long as everybody around them is doing probably worse than they were five seconds ago they're happy uh yeah uh, i think i think evil and uh, it's like mixing of evil and chaos right like they're just they're just mm-hmm. it's all about spreading um that evil and causing as much confusion chaos um as possible like they no rhyme no reason no you know methodical other than chaos like that's just what we want to do yeah. Yeah, that's and that's and I'm that's, curious as to how you have you where you have Joker though. I, I want to hear this. Depends on the interpretation of him. And, and this is this is part of the problem when you start to look at pop cultural references for this kind of stuff. Because there are there's a very broad spectrum of how the Joker is portrayed in media. That's true. So um animated Mark Hamill, Joker, he's neutral evil. Maybe chaotic neutral. Um Heath Ledger, Joker, I, I mean again. Joker. Uh, 
Don't agree with that. Um, but uh, I also don't <laughs> see him as purely <laughs> chaotic evil. He's oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I, I don't agree. Sure I heard him. I, I didn't I think, think I heard him right. Uh, and I saw everybody else's face. And and that's because to me, to be truly chaotic evil, right? It, you've got to go. You've got to go completely impulsive, destructive force. Um, the Reavers from Firefly are the example that that I use for this because. There is at best a loose organization. They're just as likely to eat each other as they are to move together in a roiling. That's why demons from D&D, um, not devils, uh, demons are, are a good example of um, kind of pushing into another reality, fucking it up until it matches their reality and then moving on to the next. Um, you know, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange uh, from... The Harry Potter movies, I think, is a arguably a good example of chaotic evil. Just completely bad shit. And, and, and the difference between chaotic neutral and chaotic evil in that respect is just not only just deliberately bad shit, completely uh, uh, a slave to their whims, but also always intent on hurting others, no matter like that all of their whims pertain to harming others. Um, Alex DeLarge from Clockwork Orange is another one that I actually have. As chaotic evil. And I know Alex ran a gang, but I would also argue because he was such a uh, a psychopath in that um, Carnage. Yeah, Drake and Carnage, I think, is another good example, is a great example of of chaotic evil. Just uh, and the uh, and symbi the symbiotes, I think, how as how they've been portrayed recently is this big kind of gloopy, invading, monstrous force, I think, uh, because to me. Because just this this concept of uh, you know organization and destruction uh, to create any kind of character within a narrative that it's just difficult to do that in the chaotic evil sense. Um, and yes, I know the Joker is definitely portrayed as a agent of chaos in the Batman movies. There's definitely some personal gain there. You know what I mean? He's not uh, his his plans. I think are just a little bit too meticulous to me for it to be chaotic evil i think i think i feel that his personal gain that he's getting for is mm -hmm. chaos though yeah <laughs> the thing that he's trying to the thing that he wants is chaos like i think that's where and, and so I, I see your point in that and here, here's my biggest sticking point though here's my ultimate secret the joker's codependent relationship with batman eliminates him from being truly chaotic evil like you like and that one common narrative thread through every single depiction of whether it's the lego batman movie comics batman animated batman movie batmans the the joker feels tied to batman in some way and that to me is the antithesis of just pure chaos like there is some kind of structural link in his mind some kind of bond Although it's not a fucking healthy one that I mean, again, I, I'm probably in the minority in this. I, I mean, if you go and look at the alignment charts out there, including the one put together by our by jazz ourselves, you're going to find here. I'm going to and I'm going to pop these up now. Hang on. Let me do this. Um, uh, the alignment chart. This is the alignment chart jazz put together for us, which I think is beautiful. I, it, I, I was pretty happy with this when I got done with it. I, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, again, there's a very, very good argument to be made for the Joker as Kagi. Jazz, walk us through this 
um, through your chart here, and then we'll talk about the one Andrew made for us. Cool, cool. So since we're already on the topic, I'm going to start from bottom right at Chaotic Evil. Now, I went with Joker, but I went specifically with Heath Ledger Joker because, like you said, the, there are other interpretations of the Joker that I don't feel really fit this mold. But Heath Ledger Joker, I do feel that his intentions and what he was doing throughout that film were just about sowing chaos. I mean, he says it in so many different so many different lines. Like whenever he takes when he gets the mobsters to agree to pay him, he gets the money and then he sets it all on fire right in front of him. It's like it's not about the money. It's about sending a message like that. That was it's like I'm just doing shit for the hell of it. Or what, what was the what was the other line? It's like I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. Like he's just I'm just doing shit. So that was where I put that joke Right. Well, but here's the thing. That's what somebody else says about him, not what he himself states. And it, it, the very fact that, yeah, he burns all that money to send a message. Yeah. But again, there's an intent there. It's that he's definitely got an abjectly insane worldview. But I, I mean, again, you're not wrong. It's just it's not it's too even even that character is too organized for a purely chaotic evil force in my mind. But again, that's just the, the, the perspective I take on the, the, the breadth of chaos in the chaotic evil. But I guess, so again, not wrong, but... Um, but you disagree. But I don't, I, I'm not going to say I disagree. I don't 100% agree. Let me okay. couch it in that. Yeah. Just, just, you would put him in neutral evil then. Yeah, or I, you know, I would almost put him in chaotic neutral, um, just with, because, I mean, because here's the thing, guys, you can have a lawful good character that commits evil acts, right? If, if a lawful good character behaves as society expects, and they're raised within an evil society, in a vacuum, they believe they're doing good when they are, in fact, doing evil. The Joker is all about following that whim at that particular moment. And, and, and a lot of times it's, you know, it's trying to make the rest of the world see what a, what a joke reality is. Um, but again, even that communicates a purpose beyond destruction and pain like that. That's, you know, I'm crazy and I am in trying to enlighten the rest of the world to my twisted worldview. So again, not wrong. It's absolutely, um, it's absolutely an accurate interpretation of how the character is described. I just, I can't a hundred percent buy into um, anybody who's able to orchestrate as organized a plan as he does as being, as being truly chaotic. But that's just me. But yeah, neutral evil, chaotic neutral, somewhere in that range. All right. Well, I, Coral dropped another good question in the chat asking, would Joffrey Baratheon be chaotic or neutral evil? And I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's another one that I think toes the line. I've seen him in both places. Um, but then also I didn't watch a single episode of Game of Thrones because I'm not watching it until he finishes the series. I'm one of those dudes. Sorry. Gotcha. All right. Well, to go ahead and move back to the chart, uh, I went neutral evil with uh, Syndrome from The Incredibles. Oops. Good. With good example, yeah, I agree with his plan um, to be able to grant you know devices that would make pretty much the entire world populace the ability to be super, and that one line that when everyone's super, no one will be like he's literally bringing evil to everyone. Like, so I thought that was a very neutral evil stance there. Um, any questions on any? No, I agree. Yeah, no, and I think he's a great neutral evil. Yeah. Okay. Um, so lawful evil, uh, Dolores Umbridge from Harry fucking Potter. Um, just so I just want to go ahead and put out there that this is quite possibly 
she's in like my top five like most hated like I the care the actor did such a good job portraying this character that I feel like if I were to see the actor in person I would still want to hit them for what they did with this character. Like <laughs> there's a few people that get up there. Her, the kid who played Joffrey, um, the lady who played Skylar in um, uh, Breaking Bad. There's like you know those people who like I just their characters just drive me like they make me grind my teeth. And Dolores Umbridge like I I think when I made that picture I think I titled it like this bitch here dot dot JPEG like like character. so yeah the character the character yeah the character chaotic new chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me let me explain Umbridge though. Like, so Umbridge t- helps take over for the school and and or not take over for the school, but is working at the school under the laws of the Wizard Ministry and is enacting a bunch of really mean and hateful laws upon the students that they feel are doing bad things according to their laws. And she's just she's just a very very mean person, and it just it drove me insane watching her do the things that she did. Anyways, chaotic neutral. Um, I'm not sure how many people will recognize this character from Vinland Saga. Uh, if I'm hopefully I say his name right, it should be a uh, Thorkell. Um, Thorkell is just a big Viking who loves to do nothing but fight. Like that's literally his only purpose of existence is just like he literally jumps from one side of a fight or one side of a war to the other side because he got bored beating up the other side and the war was about to be over. So he's like, well, I just want to keep fighting people who are strong. And since there's no more strong guys on that side, I'm going to jump to the weak side and then fight all the strong guys over there because I'm just here to fight. And that's it. Like that's all he wants to do. And he's just about what he wants to do at that moment, which is always I want to fight chaos neutral. Um, true neutral I went with the Buddha because I couldn't think of literally anything else that depicts like being completely unaffected by everything of as far as an outside stimulus like you the, the Buddha is all about that uh, that inner peace and that introspection of knowing what does and does not motivate you or should or shouldn't motivate you and I, I just couldn't think of a, a more perfect sign for true neutral in any type of pop cultural or historical reference um for lawful neutral i chose okoye from the black panther movie Mm -hmm. um and just i literally could not think of a more perfect person to show lawful neutral um i'm I'm glad uh anthony gave me the kudos on that because i was i was really happy with that pick um it's a good one it is i i will second that kudos i think it's a really good choice okoye is the general of the um of the not with the Wakandan army but of the yeah, Dora Milaje, which are literally sworn to protect the king of Wakanda and there's a point in the movie after T'Challa is dethroned by Killmonger and um she's asked by another member of the of the Wakandan um noble family to um help overthrow Killmonger and she says I cannot do that I can't go with you my mm-hmm. job is to protect that throne and whoever sits on it and like that devotion to the law like she knows the person that's on the throne is a terrible person that they don't need to be there but she has her job and she's going to do it and that's that's it and so there was that point and then also when it comes to the, like the big uh, big finale fight and she runs into her her boyfriend or her lover um, uh, Wakabi and she stops him on his right and he gets up looks her dead in the eye and asks him like would you kill me my love which is the quote I actually got in the picture and like she smiles at him and then goes for Wakanda without question like that's 
I have my job. I'm sticking to the law and anybody else who's on the opposite side of this law is catching the tip of the spear and that's it. So she's like the Swiss guard. No, because I don't think the Swiss guard, I guess, doesn't really fight anybody, do they? Well, they haven't had to go up against anyone thanks to not being in the Marvel Universe, but uh, they are trained. They are trained killers. Oh, um, I believe they all carry like M16s or something. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, they, they, they're just there to protect the Pope and no one else or, or just the Vatican. Like, I think that it's a, it's a tiny, tiny army. The Swiss Guard protects the Vatican? The Swiss Guard protects the Vatican, yeah. Huh. And all the gold in the Vatican. No, I'm not, I don't know about the gold. It's not for Knox. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the I, I just, I agree that that pick for those reasons was absolutely, because there's, there's such clear examples of lawful neutrality yeah. with her character that I, I thought that was an amazing pick. And, and, and back to what kind of what I said uh, earlier, I think lawful neutral characters you'll see be in that loyal kind of uh, character like they are loyal to something and whatever side that loyalty ends them up on they're not really concerned with uh, I mean it, it may bother them internally but they the loyalty is paramount yeah um, then I go to chaotic good um, you guys I think both the, uh, Anthony and Turner referenced uh, Robin Hood yep. earlier with chaotic good um, I mean there's I mean I, I really can't think of a better description for that like literally you know stealing from people to then turn around and do good works with the profits that you gain from the theft uh being chaotic good cool let's hit let's hit neutral good and lawful good pretty quick because we i want to get on yeah avatar the last airbender who was just he was just a paragon of goodness but he would do things that were both like he was against the law of his own nation and then also would um still also try and fight to protect you know people that he loved and, and thought were good and need to be protected like uh, the avatar and then lawful good you got you know old mr worthy captain america up here which was a great scene but he's still he's still a boring character um i think mcu cap is definitely lawful good i think comics cap is is closer to lawful neutral but i think mcu cap is definitely per portrayed as lawful good all right so real quick i want to move to uh moyle's chart that he created DJ um, Khaled. So Andrew, so you, I'm gonna start you, from the top, real quick, real quick, because we, we move through quick. Yeah, starting with lawful good, go. Okay, so starting with lawful good. So DJ Khaled is, you know, generally viewed as a one-dimensional man, but I was able to find that there is a three-dimensionality when you take apart his quotes. Uh, cause he might be the ad lib King. Sorry, OJ, the juice man. Now we have lawful good when he says we the best, what is better than being lawful and being good? He's the best. All right. Now we have neutral good right over here. We can see him on a jet ski, probably doing a pirouette on a jet ski. And he says, all I do is win. Nothing wrong with that. That sounds good. Sounds like he's, you know, in some neutral territory. But now when you get to chaotic good, he's got the keys to the city and he says, Oh shoot. Where did it go? You've lost your thread. Haven't no, you? the key to success is to have all the keys to success. Now that sounds like a bit of hoarding and I've watched hoarders a little bit. There's a lot of chaos going on there, but there's nothing good, but it's very good to have a lot of keys. Now I would take the word of a janitor 
more than DJ Khaled. I think he's a little more, uh, a janitor would be a bit more familiar with keys. Uh, moving on to lawful neutral, we can see him pose in an inquisitive stance uh, with the lion showing strength in the foreground. Now that's, that's lawful neutral. And then that he says, don't play yourself. Couldn't be any better advice than that. Don't play yourself. So he's just giving you advice. He's the wise old man right there. Next, we have true neutral. And I think I got this one. Nail on the head. DJ Khaled. When he says DJ Khaled, I put in quotes. He says, DJ Khaled says DJ Khaled. That's usually how he introduces himself. He's introducing himself. You know nothing about him. He's only giving you his name. Okay, now we move on to chaotic neutral. He says another one, which kind of describes what he's doing in the picture because once you pop, you can't stop. And he's eating popcorn. Next, we have lawful evil. He's showing you his watch. He's telling you what time it is. And he's like, I don't have time for you. Okay. And in that, he says, congratulations, you played yourself. Okay. Let's move along to neutral evil. When he once said... And I quote, I remember when I ain't have a jacuzzi. Clearly he has a jacuzzi now. Okay. He's out for himself, but nothing wrong with having a nice jacuzzi bubble bath. Okay. Now chaotic evil. You see him in the gym. I first was going to say we, the runners. Cause I was like, come on, you're not running Khaled. That's a, that's a straight out lie. And you're in the gym, that thing's pristine, no dust, no sweat. You've never worked on this equipment. <laughs> but I chose we taking over because, you know, it has an imperialist stance to that, uh, that quote. You know, I would not want to, the world to be ruled by one man. You know, I think that would be a bad decision. And I don't want Cal to take over the world when he says we taking over. I worry about that. What if he did? I don't feel like he has the forethought to, you know, make everything copacetic. And in that, I end uh, the DJ Khaled character alignment chart. Uh, thank you for coming to Moyle's TED Talk, everybody. Um, so as, as we can clearly see, there's a lot of different ways to interpret a lot of different alignments. Um, so, guys. Uh, we're coming up on 90 minutes, uh, which is kind of our target length for this thing. Um, uh, you know, what I want to wrap up, because what was, you know, what inspired this as a topic of conversation is, is somebody reached out on Twitter and said, hey, you know, I'm playing a chaotic neutral. Can you give me you know, some reference for it? And I went, well, Moyle Mossberg is, and to, to Andrew's credit, Moyle is a very, very, very good example of a chaotic neutral character. Um, you know, with, you know, my overall advice as somebody who's played across multiple editions, as somebody who DMs a lot, your number one rule into going into any, you know, interpretation of how to play alignment um, is let's make absolutely, you know, you can play it as broad or as narrow as you want, but be very conscious that D&D is a group sport. You're at a table with two to six other players. Um, chaotic neutral can be played like Moyle, which is disruptive but not table breaking. Um, and that's true for evil characters as well. And a previous podcast, I played a neutral evil character that was a complete horror show, but was dedicated to the group that he was in um, because that's what benefited him at the time. And because 
I didn't want to create a toxic group dynamic within the game. So that's, that's my first example when playing any alignment. Number one is keep in mind that no matter how broad or narrow that you take it, that you are playing at a table with four or five or six other players and you have just as much a responsibility to, to encourage the, the, the role playing and, you know, a, a healthy table as you do to be true to the rules of an alignment. Um, but but uh, too, especially in fifth edition, there's a lot of interpretation, um, you know, to to how it can be played. Just uh, like there's a broad range of philosophical debate. I would argue as a whole, alignments are somewhat obsolete. And that's going to be the, the question I kind of go around the table with here to, to wrap this up, guys. You know, in first edition and, and second edition, there were class requirements tied to alignments. Um, there were there alignments were almost a physical force in some respects in, in, in first edition. But we've, you know, we have seen them retreat over time. In fourth edition, they got narrowed down to just a couple alignments for before going back to the dual access. And the fact that they've been reduced to single line statements um, in in fifth edition, I think, is kind of where the game is trending. And I and I think just as much your your background and the character concept for what you want to play is almost just as important as kind of the broad strokes that alignments present in the current edition. So, um, and I'm going to go in the reverse order here because I'm starting with more experience for a reason. Anthony, in your opinion, are alignments necessary or how do they, do you feel like they provide, how, are, are they obsolete? Is it something that really character should be more of a consideration on? Uh, I mean, can I, can I be on the bit of a fence here? Yeah. I think, I think they're obsolete in the sense of, um, they are unnecessary for game mechanics, right? Um, with the ex especially in Five E, with the exception of the Oathbreaker, mm. um, I really don't think um, alignments come into any kind of mechanics whatsoever, and, and I don't think they need to. But what I would say yeah. that they're not obsolete is in actual character building, right? As far as how you're building that story, I think it's a great starting point of knowing, okay. If I want this guy to be lawful neutral, what does that mean in his mm -hmm. environment? What laws is he um, or, or, or just saying like what laws that he's abide by? What is his neutrality like? What does that mean for him? I think it's really good for character building, but not so much mechanically. Yeah. OK. Jazz, same question. Uh, well, I was working on my answer in my head, but then Drieken uh, put in the chat. Uh, that the alignment is not obsolete. They're like training wheels for role play, which I think is hugely true. If you can kind of give somebody like, especially like, you know, uh, people who are new to the game, um, a, a general idea of how they want to role play their character and give them kind of like that starting point. Uh, I, I think that those do serve a purpose is, and so like, but like Anthony was saying, as far as mechanically though, no, they, they really don't matter there anymore. Well, I think it, I, I actually kind of find it uh, helpful, um, just these simple charts uh, when you look at the beginning, because it kind of helps to start telling the tale of your character. I mean, even though we build off of, you know, a lot of times it's meeting in a bar or something like that, where you're starting in as a fully grown character, like you're not a child. So you kind of think, well, what is the backstory of this person that I'm playing? Mm hmm and how would they act i mean they can of course change a lot more but i do really like that example of the training wheels i was thinking of like when you 
print something uh, like 3D printing, there you have to have all that scaffolding around it, uh, and then eventually just clip it all off. Yeah, I think it helps to support just the beginning. It's a good foundation. I think, it, and I think, I think you're you're on to say. I think it's a good writing prompt for when you're coming up with a character concept as to you know and. I, I mean, again, it comes, it's, it's, how do you approach your character creation? Are you coming at it from, Hey, I want to go play this game because I want to have fun playing, you know, Han Solo from, from Star Wars or, or Mal from Firefly or, you know, Luke Skywalker or Batman or Superman or whoever it, it, do you have that, that core concept? But if you're absolutely new to the game and trying to get a feel for that kind of character creation because you haven't absorbed a ridiculous amount of comics or fan or, or referential literature to pull from, then yes, they're absolutely useful for that. Where I get, where I guess my ultimate opposition to that is that if the, the need to have one written on your character sheet can potentially limit a new player's application of, of the concept that they want to play. You know what I mean? Like if they go, Hey, this is the character I really want to play, but I don't see it. He doesn't really check one of these boxes exactly. And to me, that takes ultimately kind of takes away from the game. If you've got a very good and, and uh, Wendell, uh, Anthony's brother brings this up. Could you not come up with a concept first and while playing it, essentially discover your alignment? That is very much more kind of if you've got that really good idea of a concept, then absolutely kind of alignment is more secondary to to what box you have to check. Older editions, like you had your alignment, and if you played against the alignment, you could actually be penalized a level. Like it, like it was a a a real mechanic and a real fence. Um, don't get me wrong, playing, you know, and it's useful for younger players too. Playing with my kids, um, my daughter uh, was playing a neutral good monk, um, and at just one point was like, I just want to kill this guy and take all his money. I'm like, okay, let's see, let's take a step back from the sociopath ledge just a moment here. Let's remember that you're playing a neutral good monk here. Um, I mean, I agree with you, honey. He's a dick. I know I'm him. You know, so I, I get I get why you would want to do that. Um, and I would have killed him 15 minutes ago. But let's, you know. So it's, I think it's useful sometimes. But but where I think it can be restrictive, if somebody who, you know, doesn't have the 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 kind of the broader range of experience or doesn't have a good DM kind of coaching them through a session zero to say, OK, well, what do you, what kind of character do you want to play and comes at it from the direction of, okay, this is the list I have to pick from, you know, where do I fit on the Myers-Briggs chart um, or the Kinsey scale as Moyle's case may be, what, where do I fall into that? Then I think, I think they can be kind of restricted, but I, I do ultimately like what, with what fifth edition has done, because I think somebody completely off uh, coming in off, off never having played before can take that single post statement and then combine it with a background to come up with a core concept that Philly kind of, kind of fits to what they want to play. So, um, I, you know, again, I, but, and to me, I, you know, I struggle with the, you know, because they are so broad because, you know, they, they, by definition, lack a certain amount of nuance that if you have a real rules lawyery person, it can, it can hem some people in, but so, you know, as is, as should be done with all, uh, great philosophical debates. We'll end this on a big question mark. So, you know, do, do they? I don't know. Maybe, kind of, sure. Why the hell not? Um, so, uh, so that's alignments. Um, hopefully, uh, this has been a little bit instructive for everybody who's watching. If you're one of our extremely generous, uh, l lawful, good, 
spirited uh, and uh, attractive Patreon supporters. We'll upload all our show notes and this video to our, uh, our, our Patreon. Thanks to you guys. Um, I'm playing catch up this week on getting some bonus content out. And one of those things is getting our Patreon shout outs organized for these streams in the cast. So um, we've had a couple of new Patreons come on right now. I apologize for not having you right in front of me. Alex, Yogan Hogan, um, you guys, I think you guys have joined since the last stream. Um, we absolutely appreciate any of you who've, who have come on board and help support the show. Um, we, uh, you know, it allows us to do content like this and add stuff like this. That animated bear head for Moyle costs an arm and a fucking leg. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, as is, um, I think we're going to continue to add Patreon goals that come out of this. So I think at 50, uh, let's say at 75 Patreon supporters, uh, Todd will have Harland take a philosophy class and write a paper on uh on uh moralistic uh alignments as they apply to plato's and socrates perspectives on good and evil in modern society at 75 patrons so we'll get that one added in and he's not here to object so right on um so on that note i'm gonna jingle us out as always we appreciate you guys uh being with us and we uh, i'm stalling as i go to figure out which button to click and hope you enjoyed the show